NFR Extra follows all your favorite cowboys, interviews legends of rodeo, and talks to the best of country music. Follow Nevada Caldwell, Ryland Bentley, and Steve Godert every week as they delve deep into the stories behind the road to gold in Vegas at the National Finals Rodeo. It's revealing, comedic, and sometimes emotional. Find it on Spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts. NFR Extra. All dirt, all rodeo, all year. You ever heard the story about, you know, how he even came, Stephen King came up with it? Um, he had written a few books. The movie Carrie came out, and he had, you know, success. But he didn't have um, an idea for a new book, and he was living in Boulder. So his wife said, "Just get lost in the mountains for a week." So he drove around, stopped family, and within two days, he had this vision of, of it being a haunted house or a haunted hotel. And that's how it got started. NFR Extra, Episode One Hundred Three. Mark Purdy from Rooftop Rodeo takes us on a Rocky Mountain journey. He talks about the challenges of preparing for a rodeo in less than 60 days, going to new heights with Survey Rodeo, the Cowboy Channel elevating rodeo, and scaring it up a bit with Stephen King. They're just talking about like this year, man, was been pretty damn awesome for rodeo because of Cowboy Channel. Being able to watch all the rodeos, man, has been pretty damn awesome. And I, I mean, I think this is like the, the expectation of not worrying about it being like a zillion cameras covering it. You just get to see rodeo. You've never been able to do that, right? Prior to this, I'm, I'm assuming for you guys that are rodeo, I like, think, live it, correct? I think it goes exactly in what you just said. It's the accessibility more than anything. It's never been an opportunity ever. It's like when social media came out and you could talk to your friends all of a sudden, all the time, at one time. The same thing that's happening with rodeo right now is you now have the ability to follow along with those individuals all year long instead of the four big rodeos. Like for me, being a big sport fan, you know, with other sport or other pro sports, and you see the interaction, right, of like a, a game happening, like say, for instance, NFL on a Sunday. And then right after that, you'll see whatever happened in there, whatever the drama was or the moments and things like that. A lot of that plays out on social with fans and occasionally some of the athletes diving in there, kind of like that they were watching the event or even other pro sport athletes watching it. Kind of seeing that now with on Instagram with Cowboy Channel and PRSA now that they're able to get all those assets out, right? Like all these rides, you're seeing people comment on things like, oh man, that was, that was Tyson Durfee, you know, or whatever. And then, you know, you get all the, the social ambassadors like the, you know, the Fallon Taylors of the world. And I mean, she's an athlete too, but I mean, but, but you just get all these people interacting within this kind of this content world that did not exist from my understanding. I think it kind of plays into the fact that you can be a fan now. Like before, unless that one individual was sharing all the content or videos like on their social, to be a fan and follow along all year long was almost near impossible. So unless that individual was like extremely active, where now you don't necessarily need that activity from social. While yes, I think the contestants are more active on social, you can still follow along at the rodeo and see the difference in the competitions and understand. I think there's like a better understanding of the different rodeos too. Cause like you see a 7-7 at one rodeo and then you see a 10-6 at another. If you don't understand the, the arena as a completely different setup, you're thinking, well, why was he at 10-7, 10-6, when he was just 7-7 last week? Like, that's a bad score. So for an individual who doesn't know rodeo, I think it gives them the opportunity to start understanding it at a better... How did you guys get your rodeo 
stuff, if you will, prior to these kind of things starting to happen a little better with social and, you know, highlights out there, maybe their wives or friend film. Like, how did you get it? Like, Steve, how did you, I mean, Brylon, how did you get your rodeo, your updates, I guess, is really what I'm trying to say. A magazine that came once a month. Really? Yes, and Yep. Whoa. Yeah. That was it. And what? that was still, even, dude, the, the crazy part is, too, as far as, like, uh, trying to figure out who these guys are. So you can sometimes still see a name. Maybe somebody that you've never even heard of, you know, is from a different circuit or a different, or a, some up-and-comer that's all of a sudden kicking ass. And you're like, who, who is this guy? Yeah. So it's, you know, it's not like you can just click on the deal, or click on the bio, or click on whatever, and it comes up with these stats. So it was definitely a lot more homework. Damn. Back in the, back in the day. Yeah. And, uh there is now well now you think about it you see a highlight ride the cowboy whoever that cowboy is typically tagged in it so you go to their page and you can see like how they've been active throughout the year what rodeos they were hitting at that point if you really wanted to dive into this you can go into cowboy channel now and go watch some of those rodeos to see the rides or see the other rides that were happening that night like you now just have the ability to do the research and dig deeper where before you read the article you understood that they did really good at this rodeo and that was that and maybe where they're at in the world standings and that was if they're top 15 mind you because at one point you didn't have top 50 actively on this website that you could just go look at you were just looking at the top 15 in that event when it came out and that was month to month not week to week so your standing shifting and those things were changing all the time versus that sounds really archaic Rodeo has grown, I would say, more in the last five years than it did in the 20 before that. You know, what I've been seeing on our social side is that interaction piece that it's starting to come together a little better. As a fan of sports and fan of multimedia, I think this is what Rodeo needed was the ability to bring it all together without worrying about it being so produced, I guess. Because that's always everyone's problem. I think it's got to be you know, like the 90s and millions of cameras and super well, microphones. Well, and I think and, just in the last year like since this started like the production has come far like tremendous changes compared to like the first streaming that happened but it it takes time i think it goes back to it gives the fan an ability to stay hooked like for football you can watch you know you watch every sunday every monday you follow your team on social you follow the players you do all these things where rodeo was kind of missing that one element of interactive you go to your rodeo in your small town and then that was it you followed maybe the guy that won it there but that was it right like you you had to it was just kind of a wall you hit where now you get to kind of jump in and keep swimming is the cowboy channel on your home i mean because pops you know lived it yeah i would imagine i don't know that it's necessarily pops but it definitely is myself and my dad joins in for the bulls typically but typically on i would say five nights a week I mean, I think the funnest thing is like you get to actually keep up with that contestant that you were interactive with, right? Like whether it was our friend, whether it's a family friend, like you just kind of get to follow along everyone all year long instead of following that one person that you know on their Facebook. You just have access to all of it to understand the competition better. Enjoy our conversation with Mark Purdy, chairman of Rooftop Rodeo. Listen to the end. For last call with Steve and his good buddy, NFR announcer Andy Silent on NFR Extra. 
Finding your custom NFR experience in Las Vegas just got a lot easier. New this year is a resource that links you to every hotel offer. At nfrexperience.com forward slash stay your way, you can shop for the hotel that best fits your plans. Everything is there. Information on viewing parties, concerts, price, transportation, location, and so much more. All in one place. Go to nfrexperience.com forward slash stay your way. One Vegas. Stay your way. This is Stetson Wright, three-time world champion, right here on NFR Extra. Texas Park's annual Rooftop Rodeo is a PRCA-sanctioned event recognized many times over as the best small rodeo in the nation and a must-experience for summer rodeos. Rooftop Rodeo has nightly professional rodeo performances that deliver non-stop, rip-roaring cowboy action with world-class stock from PRCA Hall of Fame stock contractor, Survey Championship Rodeo. Going back 90 years, most of what is known about rodeo in Estes Park comes from articles in the first newspaper, The Mountaineer, and later, The Estes Park Trail. The term rodeo was not used in the United States until 1912. Before that, rodeo-type events were associated with community celebrations. The earliest reference to a rodeo-type celebration in Estes Park was recorded in the Mountaineer in 1908. We find out why Rooftop Rodeo sits atop the rodeo industry for the past 90 years. Mark Purdy, welcome to NFR Extras, sir. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having us on. It's uh, it's a pleasure talking to you folks. Yeah, you know, we've um we've been trying to get a lot of you top notch folks that run rodeos throughout the country and well, this it's been a good problem not or having a tough time getting you on this past year because you all been busy compared to last year where things were it seemed like we could get a lot of people on our podcast a lot last year. Um but this year it's yeah, it's been super challenging. Timing seems to be everything up there in Estes Park. Man, how was this whole year? You seem like were you the first event for your for your area and everything that went on? I mean, how did how did everything culminate this this 2021 for Rooftop Rodeo? Yeah, you know, we started our normal time December, January, and our, you know, intense planning. We tend to work on a I don't know, nine or ten months out of the year, but uh so we started like normal knowing that it wasn't gonna be normal. Um and our biggest issue that we had throughout the early planning months was just how many folks we could actually have in the arena if we did have a rodeo. And for the longest time, that was 25%. And there's just no way you can put on an event with 25%, you know, paid attendance. So that was the biggest obstacle we had to go up and down on. And then to the, to your other part of that question, yeah, we were the big first big event up here in Essence Park. We typically start in early May with events every weekend. And then they'll go up through October, um, but just because of the health and and uh, all the other you know securities they were doing, uh, we were literally the first event on July 5th. So that was kind of exciting and nerve wracking at the same time. Just like everyone else has had their challenges put on these events. I mean, how can you kind of walk us through where? Because I think I was reading you went from and similar to what we did here in Vegas, where it was like okay, it's 25 percent, then it's 50 percent, then it's 80 percent, then it's sure. you know hit the throttle. How did you, like, because you guys do, how many people do you usually anticipate come to your event every year? Um, we, we can seat about 2,200 a night, and we're a six-night rodeo. Um, so, I mean, it, we usually, you know, for 90% of that, we're really happy. Uh, this year, we were 
not quite a hundred percent of it, but it was, we were pretty darn close. There was a couple nights we actually had to close the gates early because we were sold out. Um, but as far as, you know, navigating through the, those months ahead, it was, like I said, we kept saying, okay, 25%, we can't do it. You know, 50% is going to be really tough. The other side of that is, you know, we're very much a tourist based economy up here. So a lot of our sponsorships come from, you know, hotels or bars, restaurants, whatever the case might be. And they just got, you know, creamed last year from a business perspective. So we were very cautious about approaching a lot of them, but we were also blessed that the ones that could did. And we picked up a lot of new sponsors this year too, because of that. But in April, we were sitting at less than half of our normal sponsorship sign up. And that was a scary thing too, because now you're looking at, not only your, you know, your costs are going to stay the same with the stock contractor and the added money and all that, but, you know, we had half the revenue to, to try to figure that out. So that was the biggest puzzle piece we had. And then on May 4th is when Colorado rolled back their, their rules and let us to go 100%. And once we got to that point, we knew we were good to go. So we really hit the throttle on May 4th, but we'd been working on it for months before that. That's not a whole lot of time, you know, from May 4th. Um... To, to July 5, you know, that's, that's jammed up and granted you have some time in between, you know, your, your previous event, um, for a lot of people, it was, it was a matter of months for, for others. It was a matter of a couple of years So talk a little bit about your format change and your contestant entries, if you could, Mark. Sure. Uh, you know, we, again, we just didn't know what to expect from a crowd and sponsorship point of view, but I think we always have that gut feeling that our, that our uh, contestant account was going to be up, and it was. We set a record with that. If you go back five years ago, we were um, on a good year. We had 475 contestants throughout the six nights of our rodeo, um, and that gradually, well, not gradually, it quickly went from 475 to 600 to 700. And this year, we had 830 contestants entered. Um, now, they didn't all show up, obviously, with turnouts and so forth, yeah. but we knew that component was going to be strong. We've always been really blessed with getting a lot of the top contestants in the country. Um, I haven't seen the final numbers yet this year, but in 2019, I think we had over 130 NFR contestants and about at least a couple dozen world champions at one point uh, competing. Wow. So we're really, really proud of that. Um, and then, you know, we also are a real big staple on our, the mountain state circuit here. And, uh, you know, like to work with a lot of those folks too. So, that that was never the issue. It was always just the revenue on the other side and, and trying to get all that put together. You know, you're talking about the the smaller sponsorships and people that were coming to the table. It's crazy when you start thinking about putting on a big event over that big stretch of a period to where you lose ten five hundred dollars sponsorships. You know, I mean that adds yeah. up really quick and just how that trickles yeah. down. So yeah. what about the format of your rodeo? So uh, so this year we tried something a little different. We went out of traditional um you know, classic seven event lineup and uh, decided to alternate. Um, each event was a rough stock event. So we actually started out with a round of bulls this year, um, which we've never done. Uh, and then we went in and did another event and we had another rough stock event and so forth. And we did, then we ended with bulls also. Okay. And what we, what we found was it got the energy level of the crowd up something fierce by doing it that way. Our, our stock contractor, Binion Survey, had suggested that he'd actually had done that at a couple other rodeos before they showed up here. And um, I'm so glad we did it. It's, it's a format we're going to keep. 
Yeah, that's awesome. That that's impressive. You know, sometimes, especially with this and how rodeo goes on, it's kind of the same thing with the ranchers. You know, that that have been well, shoot, that's the way we've done it for 115 years. It's like, well, I I, I know that was back when we're using smoke signals and pigeons to communicate too. And we've got cell phones now, so don't be afraid to change it up. So that's that's that sort of forward thinking is pretty impressive. Well, thank you. We've never been afraid to make changes. We've always kind of been on that bleeding edge of, uh, you know, trying to make sure we keep the rodeo fresh and we've never been afraid to try new things or, you know, even on the business side of it. So it's, uh, it keeps, it keeps things exciting for us. That's for sure. I want to talk about the contestants experience within Estes Park, because I have seen pictures of this arena and where you guys are located and it is absolutely stunning, but you guys had a pretty impressive payout this year. Could you touch on that a little bit? We're very proud of our setting. I, I think I can honestly say we have the most beautiful uh, arena on earth um, just because of the backdrop of Rocky Mountain National Park and so forth. Um, and as far as, uh, you know, the experience we try to give contestants when they, from the time, time they come through our back gate to the time they leave, um, we actually, we call it our Disney experience. We actually have a couple of people who have worked for Disney in the past. And so we really want to make sure they feel like they're, appreciated and take care of them. I think we have some of the better hospitality food and that kind of thing, you know, on the circuit too. So we really take care of the contestants. And then, um, you know, as far as payout goes, up until about six or seven years ago, we were a small scale rodeo, which as you folks know, that's dictated by the amount of added money you have. Um, and we, we were one of the first rodeos in the country to pay both ends of the team roping. And that small difference put us out of the small category and put us into the mid-size. So we went from being the largest small to the very smallest mid. And so, you know, I kind of handicapped this as far as the purse goes. So we had a couple opportunities to raise it. Now I think we're, we're you know, we went from 21000 to just a little below 70000 in added money. Um, and you, you can't spend more than seventy; it It'd still be a mid-size. And we have no intention to ever go up to large scale. So... That, that helps get it started. And then, of course, the more contestants you have, you know, they start out with the 70000 and then their entry fees build that pot up pretty big. And I haven't seen the final number yet, but I think we were right about 175000 this year in total payout. We're really, really proud of that number. Cowboy Christmas in July, the dates that you have chosen to produce this rodeo for the PRCA Cowboys, how does that go into consideration when you guys choose these dates? Sure. Um, well, We've, we've always had a mid-July rodeo. That's been part of it. Um, and the town of Essex Park, who, by the way, I need to point out, the town actually owns the rooftop rodeo. And then our nonprofit committee, um, Essex Park Western Heritage, Inc., are the ones that are the boots on the ground and um, are the true committee, if you will, from a PRCA perspective. So we probably do 90 95% of the boots on the ground work and planning and all that. And then the town, you know, still has the, the control of the of the arena and that kind of thing so um so that's that's an important piece of it right there hey real quick i touch on that because I, I was doing some research on Estes park the western heritage uh group that you're with there was other events that you guys usually do prior to um rooftop rodeo what exactly is this group do and responsible for and there's other cooler events i think that i read that you guys take care of as well throughout the year is that right yeah over 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 the years we've done various things um so we, the rodeo committee historically up until about a dozen years ago, 
was actually a town committee. So I, if I wanted to help the rodeo, I had to go and apply for the town committee and so forth. Um, and then we realized over time that that was kind of cumbersome. Um, you know, if we could break away and have our own standalone committee, um, it was it was easier to do some fundraising and that kind of thing too. So that's how we really got started. And then our charter was to not only help the rooftop rodeo, but to promote the Western style of life that a lot of people come to Colorado to experience. So that was really the genesis of it. Um, and over the years, we've done you know, other events like you indicated. We've done some PBR events. We had a really nice barrel racing series for about five or six years. Um, on the other side of that, we've done some fun things to raise money for our scholarship fund. We had a whiskey tasting um, uh, event up here for about three years that brought people in from all over the country. And then we had a Western art show that was very successful also. And then this uh, last year, we had a lot of fun. Um, Jack Daniels is one of our uh, sponsors. And I, you know, I meet with the mayor Beater out there in Vegas during the PRCA. And they've been trying to get us to buy one of their barrels, a single barrel. So we did that and sold the bottles and raised about $5,000 for our scholarship program. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Steve. I've, I've, been, I've been doing a whiskey tasting for about 15 years now, but it's not been... <laughs> profitable for me or anybody that i know but <laughs> do you do you invite people or is this just like no 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 it's TV? just a, it's an it's an individual it's an individual basis so. yeah, there you go well good yeah uh yeah um, you all peaked up when you brought up uh, the whiskey yeah thing, that was for sure hey yeah. mark how how many people are in are on your committee that are constantly kind of doing the year-round work it's a squishy number um we have about 60 people that are actually on our committee um, and it's kind of the 80-20 rule, um, yeah. just because it's time throughout the year. There's about a dozen of us that work, you know, year-round on it. Um, and then everybody else pitches in when they can. And then come rodeo week, you know, that number doubles to about 120. And I always tell people, we have to have both ends of the spectrum. We have to have the people that will work year-round on it. But we also need the person that can only show up a night or two during the week of rodeo. Uh, all those pieces yeah. go together. And then everything in between. So, you know, people are really good about doing what they can when they can. Um, but that's that, that, that's a number that people are always stunned by because I we're very good friends with some of the other, well, a lot of the other rodeo committees in, you know, the Colorado, Wyoming area. And even rodeos that are half our size have double the people that put it on. Um, but on the other hand, it's, it, you know, we're pretty nimble group we can make changes whenever we need to quickly so that helps a lot too it's fun you know like this year we had we've got the longest running relationship in the prca between committees between us and cheyenne um we've been swapping committees since the 1930s and so we know those folks really well and whenever they come down yeah i've I've talked to their people a little bit about it there's a little bit of envy that you know, they're so big, it's sort of like moving a, you know, a steamship out in the ocean trying to get it to turn around. And we're kind of that little speedboat out there moving around, too. So uh, it, it makes very interesting times, that's for sure. You're listening to NFR Extra with our guest, Mark Purdy, chairman of Rooftop Rodeo. Let's take a quick break. Mm-hmm. 
NFR Extra follows Cowboys, talks to legends and country stars, and finds the stories that make up the season that leads to the annual showdown in December. Follow me, Nevada Caldwell, Ryland Bentley, and Steve Goder as we delve deep into the stories in and behind the road to gold. Listen to NFR Extra on Rural Radio, Channel 147, on Sirius XM, every Monday at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern, with a re-air Tuesday in the same time slot. NFR Extra, all dirt, all rodeo, all year. Hey y'all, it's Lainey Wilson, singer-songwriter in Nashville, and I'm here with NFR Extra. Mark Purdy, here on NFR Extra. 94 years of rodeo. Can you touch a little bit on the history that has gone into making this possible? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, for some reason, we had a minor controversy here in town about when it actually got started and so forth this year. It was, it was more fun than anything. Um, but about 10 years ago, one of our uh, ex-chairmen spent a lot of time developing that number. So we started in, you know, 1926 is the official date the PRCA has for us. And we've run just about every year, although there was a couple of years, obviously, like in World War II that they didn't run. And then, of course, we didn't have it last year during COVID. But it's really, you know, over the years, it's been, um, you know, uh, one of the centerpieces of, uh, of Essex Park summer. Um, you know, we're so busy that 4th of July week or, or whatever, um, that it's hard to say that we draw extra people to town just for the rodeo. Um, but on the other hand, it gives everybody something to do. A, lot, a fun statistic, about 60 to 70% of our fans that come to our rodeo have never been to a rodeo in their life. Um, wow. They just happen to be, yeah, they just happen to be in Essex Park or, you know, more importantly, Rocky Mountain National Park, which pulls in about four to five million people a year. Um, they're just looking for something fun to do from, you know, a Western experience. And um, at last count, we had almost 40 foreign countries that have visited our rodeo. Uh, so it's just, it's, it's different. I've had people from the PRCA come up and just kind of marvel at, the demographics we have. Uh, it, it, people just come from all over for it. So that, that makes it a lot of fun. That is definitely an impact of a demographic. The other thing we started about eight or 10 years ago, we've actually given presentations on and out of the PRCA, um, but we started a behind the shoots program and we're really proud of that. And every night we, we have about 50 folks. We, um, you know, it takes about a half hour, 40 minutes. And we walk them around the, the you know, the, uh, the whole arena area. Um, they get to meet, you know, sometimes they meet our clown, Justin, or they talk to our announcer, Andy, or, um, you know, Jimmy Lee's one of our um, uh, bullfighters and, you know, they meet him. Uh, but then we actually take them up on the dance floor behind the pen. So they get really up close and personal with some of the livestock and they just love that. And, you know, we, we show them a flank strap and, it's it, it's a really proactive way to make sure they understand that the animals are really well taken care of and um, that they really truly live for this you know for their sport and uh, it's it's I'm really proud of what we've been able to accomplish with that program. A lot of folks have been in the business for a while, and if you go back to where things seem to shift with Vegas, you know, and Nanafar and and the new talent that came on board there with guys like. Uh, Boyd Paul Hemus and just kind of this, the, the whole yep. universe. And now we're into this transition going into this, this next uh, young talented group. And you just grazed over a couple of names there, but 
I think you have a few of them over there. You have the Andy Seiler, um, and, and, uh, <laughs> Justin Rumford, and and then Hambone. You know, from a from yep. a production standpoint. So it, it sounds like you have that young group that is really starting to move up the the rodeo chain, if you will, um, that really impacts that. How how is having that group how has that helped your your production and kind of what you've seen over the years where you went from maybe like an older school kind of style of things with this new sure. group that's got a little bit more progressive thinking to them it's been incredible and i have to give all props to ben and Serby for doing that when we brought Benyon and his team on board he's the one that suggested these folks he said hey i'll keep your existing contract personnel if you want them but there's some other things you might want to think about it's funny when you talk about the andy tyler um Benyon said, I've got this young guy. He hasn't done many rodeos yet, but um, I think he's an up-and-comer. So we, you know, we, we brought him in. We fell in love with him, um, fell in love with his family. I always tell people that Andy wasn't even old enough to drink that first year he came to town. And uh, now he's been here five or six years, and uh, we love him. And uh, I was just tickled pink that he got chosen to do uh, the WNFR last year. That was just such a feather in his cap and he was just so tickled to do that but you know and then Justin um, has been a great addition to our rodeo over the years uh, we, we always kind of thought well maybe we should maybe we should alter this you know some entertainment over over the years maybe have Justin every other year somebody else and then it hit me and I don't know it took me about years to get to this point but it hit me how important the dynamic between the announcer and the clown really is um we brought we brought justin up here eight or nine years ago and i'm not talking behind his back as i've told him this but the first time he'd, he'd already won one or two awards and i didn't think he was very funny um and that's because he worked with our then you know announcer we had for a while and they never worked together well then two weeks later i go down to dodge city and he's with boy and he's just hilarious so that's when it hit me that that's a very important dynamic you don't want to mess with um then hambone we love having him here he's He's the best in the business, in my opinion, you know, from a musical point of view. Um, we were really tickled. We picked up Sonny Dev Beckstrom this year as our secretary. Um, and that, you know, that was, you can't beat that. So, I mean, I, to your point, I, you, know, you look around and say, you know, well, we have, we have every bit of firepower as most of the big rodeos do. So, very proud of that fact. Mark, I am going to call Andy right now and tell him that, uh, that his contract is up for negotiations. Just to just you know, just to make his that, heart beat out of his chest. I we actually um, typically in the past the rooftop has always just paid the stock contractor to turnkey it. You know they bring in their own personnel, yeah. their own announcer, and we yep. over the years yep. in that last time we brought Benyon in, we reserved the right to make those changes, and so we actually have Andy under contract. And I last year was supposed to be the first year of his of a new five year contract. And then he ends up getting the NFR gig, and I called him up. We said, okay, I'm, I'm really happy for you. I'm really proud of you. you still got to be an S's spark for the next five years of July. Yeah. And, uh, he just laughed, you know, but yeah, because um, we really were one of the first ones to, to help him out. Yeah, Andy's one of my my closest friends. He, I mean, I, I bought two horses from him this year. He came and stayed with us for a week. So I say that with tongue-in-cheek of it. He's, I, no, I have I nothing well, but pure endearment for Andy Seiler. <laughs> sure well let's let's face it he, he, he looks like he's 20 and oh uh, yeah we actually we'd always have our our, our saloon guys carding it every time you walked in for beer after the rodeo yeah. um and then we 
I, I got to know his family really well. Not only his wife and wonderful kids, but his folks and stuff. And yeah. Yeah. It's just, just a neat story all the way around, but yeah, I know they're great. This year I, 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 uh, I called Andy up and said, Hey, how do you, what do you, how do you feel about heights? He goes, what do you mean? I said, well, are you scared of heights? He goes, not really. Why? He goes, I'll get back to you. I, I ended up taking Miss Rodeo America, Miss Rodeo Colorado, and Andy up a 400-foot cliff. Jeez. We uh, spent about half a day, and they just that. giggled the whole way up. Um, it, it was wonderful. So. Hey, you know Andy's lying to you. He's afraid of heights because he's only five foot seven. So that's, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> He's average. Be yeah. nice, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. You know, uh, I don't know if you guys know the folks in Dodge City very well, um, Doc and some of the other guys, but they come out to our rodeo every year, too, and um, they have Boyd down there, and Doc likes to kind of poke the bear with Boyd a little bit and say, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's park, and listen to that young guy, Andy Tyler, and he's really good. <laughs> <laughs> if you know the relationship between yeah. Lloyd and Andy, oh, yeah. you know, very much, very much the mentor and been a wonderful influence on him. And, uh, but it's, yeah, it's just, it, the other thing I love about the whole group we have here, and it's because of the Serbies, um, is just the camaraderie they have. I mean, they're all like brothers. So that always means they're always giving each other some grief or pulling pranks on each other or whatever, but it's just, really fun to watch and uh yeah. it just makes the week go so so quickly you know as far as the change that we did with stock contractors we actually gave a presentation out at the nfr or out of prca one year how to survive a stock contractor change and mm-hmm. um went on for about a half hour I'll, i'd be glad to send you the presentation but i shared it with a lot of committees and i actually had people coming up to me afterwards with their business cards you know, we're, we were in the same boat. We've been in the same guy for 20 years and we're afraid to, you know, even bring up the idea yeah. that it might change. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, this is, it, it's your money. It's your business. You have to yeah. do what's best for That's what's so crazy too. And the part that you put on that, as far as like, this is our rodeo and this is the direction that you want to go, but you get these stock contractors that come in there and they, you know, and, and it's their livelihood. So I fully understand that, but sure. as opposed to working as a, partnership that's beneficial for both sides they get to where they kind of strong arm because in those committees you have new chairmen and new boards and new committee members so that's something that is really you know not that you want to take away from anybody but when you get somebody that's telling you how to run your household it's like uh maybe let's reassess this program and it's funny um i've probably given Benyon three or four references in the past you know um, and he's got all three or four of those committees and the, the one thing that strikes true every time I talk to somebody, I, they just got Sykeston and, and Eagle here last couple of years ago. And the opening conversation with both of them was, you know, why did you make the change? I said, because they understood it's our rodeo. And man, yeah. they all go, you've got to be kidding. He actually, he actually thinks that. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Of course he does. Yeah. Good for him. That's great. This is NFR Extra and our guest today, Mark Purdy. December in Vegas. What does that mean? It's time for the Wrangler NFR and the Cowboy Channel Cowboy Christmas, the ultimate shopping and entertainment experience. Catch live shows on the Ariat Rodeo Live Stage, the Yeti Junior World Finals, autograph sessions, and much more. 
Open daily with free admission at the Las Vegas Convention Center. Visit nfrexperience.com for details. The Cowboy Channel Cowboy Christmas. It's all here. I'm Jake Finlay, joining you on NFR Extra. Mark Purdy is here on NFR Extra. Talk about the the survey group getting involved with you, because it sounds like that definitely helped this this whole organization turn a corner and give you a little bit more spotlight on what you do as a rodeo. Can you kind of touch on the impact and how that all went down? And you bet, absolutely. So you know, I indicated earlier, guys, that the um, the town of Estes Park owns a rooftop rodeo, so they actually pay for the the bigger things like the stock contractor and so forth. And every five years, that contract has to come up for renewal. Um, uh, that's just that's your procurement. And so back in 2014, um, we had just gotten done with the stock contractors that we've been working with for years and had good luck with them. But we really wanted to open it up and see what else was out there. We had a couple ideas of you know where we wanted to go. And I remember Benyon called me the day after we released the RFP and he says, Mr. Purdy are you guys serious about a change or is this just like every five years where you're just sending it out there and <laughs> not making a change? And I said, Ben, you know, all I can tell you is we're dead serious about looking at all of our options. I can't promise you we're going to change. And they came in and I guess, I think that the biggest thing is when they came in, they made it clear that they understood that we own the rodeo, that they work for us. And that is such an important point, you know, when you're, when you're a committee or a town trying to put it on to make sure that, you know, it may, you maintain the flavor where you want it to go. So when he came in, like, you know, we talked about earlier, he brought in all this wonderful, you know, personnel on the stock contract or like the, the contract side. Um, and, you know, Serbia's very, very well known for their rough stock. So we literally, that's the first year we literally went from 475 in 2014 on contestants to well over 600. I think we were in the high thickness that first year. And it was mostly all rough stock. Um, and he promised us that we would um, have, you know, a full rough stock slate, you know, as much as we could every night. Um, and sure as heck he had. We, I think that the first year we only had four turnouts the whole week and, and three of them were medical. So that, that made all the difference in the world. You know, even though we have a kind of a, a, a rookie crowd, if you will, that's never been to a rodeo, they know that if you only have two people in your bareback one night or three in the saddle one night, that that's not right because the other events have 14. And uh, we haven't had that problem since. So he just, they just brought a whole new level of production to us. And, uh, you know, the mentality, we work together incredibly well. He's always got great suggestions. He usually gets his way, but he's very good diplomatically about explaining why we should consider something. And uh, it's just worked out great. So um, we just re-upped him again for the, another five years last year. And, you know, as long as I'm involved, I don't see us ever making a change. It's been great. Mm, that's cool. You know, it just it's good to hear other communities and however big or however small you are, you know, growing and, and finding new ways to evolve your business and, and create more traffic coming to your community and, and, and you know, yes, sure. bringing money to the, to the, to the town and, and thriving. Yeah. It's awesome. You know, the pan, the pandemic really forced everybody's hand at that. I, I'm, I'm in the uh, financial advising business here in town and I have a lot of small businesses that are my clients and um, you know, everybody had to retool themselves last year. I don't care if you were the smallest or the biggest, you know, and if you look around in our industry, you know, in the, um, in the rodeo industry, 
you know, everybody had to retool. You know, I, I was at a symposium in early May with the guys from Cheyenne and, you know, they had, they had to retool as much as we did. And, uh, but I, you know, over, over time, you just have to keep getting fresh ideas and, you know, let's, let's face it, it makes it more fun for our committee. They're very hardworking. I'm really proud of everybody. Um, but it's always fun. We can break it up a little bit, have some new ideas come in. Last night at Rodeo, I was up in our VIP section talking to some sponsors and somebody asked me about, uh, you know, how we felt about, you know, finally being able to pull it off. And I said, in a weird way, this is by far the most gratifying week of rodeo I've ever been involved with, just because of all the roadblocks and everything else that we had, you know, to get here. And then they go, does that mean you wish it was still going on? I said, oh, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> we, had six, we had six nights. We're, we're quite good, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, going off the, and I'm big on, you know, being here in Vegas, we have a ton of venues. I love the intimate yeah. side when you can have, you know, just enough to where it makes that intimate side and to have that group working with that, that intimate crowd. You know, and then the other thing that happened this year, um, we put all six nights um, on TV with the Cowboy Channel. And we were one of the early adopters of the Wrangler Network, I don't know, six or eight years ago. And just to tell you how much times have changed, we, we would have the Wrangler Channel come out on Saturday night, our last night of rodeo, which is also obviously our biggest night. And it also was our pink pink event night um, where we raised money for, you know, the, the hospital breast cancer unit. But anyway, uh, we had to pay Wrangler $2,000 a year just to come out for that one day. And we, th- we felt it was good exposure um, and uh, everything was great. But then when we started talking to the Cowboy Channel over the winter, you know, she said, you know, we'd like to broadcast. I'm thinking, well, what night do you want to come up? She goes, oh, it'll be all six nights. I go, I don't know if we can afford all six nights. And she goes, oh, we're going to pay you. So things have changed. That whole component of that exposure. And think about how what Bryland just shared and kind of the power of digital media where she said, look, I see all the contestants sharing images and photos of where that yeah. area is. Again, it's yeah. the, the physicality starts to speak for itself and advertise your rodeo and say. Yeah, well, thank up. you. I We work really close with um, our local marketing district, Visit Essence Park up here. They're actually one of our bigger sponsors. And uh, so they, they do a great job of helping us position the rodeo and, you know, came up with the, the slogan of rodeo with altitude. So that, that makes all the difference in the world. But the one thing we learned early on with the Wrangler experience was um, our show really looks good on TV. To your point, you know, you got the backdrops and, and everything that goes with it. And um, we actually moved the rodeo start time up about a half hour, I don't know, about three or four years ago. We went from 7.30 to 7, just so we could capture more natural light in the arena. Um, at the same time, we brought in Greg Westfall, the photographer, um, and had him here for about four years till he retired. Um, and it just made sense, you know, from, from a marketing point of view to have more natural light like that. So I'm glad we did it. And the good thing is that the Cowboy Channel deal, I think, is going to become more and more important as we move here in the next couple of years on how it's yeah. really focused on that niche rodeo crowd and and expanding yeah. it from there, rather than try to go get, you know, the 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 college basketball fan and say, hey, stick around and watch rodeo. Like that just, I don't, yeah, I think this. Yeah, I, it, it is it is incredible. I um, one of the things I'm really really proud of is my uh, my two year old granddaughter. And she turned sat or on Saturday night of a rodeo, she turned two. And we, you know, made a big deal of it at the rodeo that night and everything. But on the first night, um, 
you know, they were home watching the, the rodeo on Cowboy Channel. And um, she saw me in the arena during grand entry. So she ran over to the TV and said, hi, Papa. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was kind of cool that, you know, she recognized that through the TV. So NFR Extra with our guest, Mark Purdy, chairman of Rooftop Rodeo. After the break, we'll wrap up our conversation. Looking for tickets to the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo? StubHub is the official secondary and fan-to-fan site of the rodeo. Fans can buy and sell their tickets through a safe and secure online marketplace. Visit nfrexperience.com. The Yeti Junior World Finals. He is back in Vegas. From December 2nd through 11th, the next generation of rodeo stars will compete at the Cowboy Channel Cowboy Christmas, held daily inside the Wrangler Rodeo Arena. Visit nfrexperience.com for details. This is National Finals Rodeo announcer Roger Mooney from LJ, Georgia, saying I'm all ready for NFR Extra. NFR Extra with Mark Purdy. How did you get into the Western heritage way of life, Mark? Um, in my case, I was drugged into it, kicking and screaming by my then 12-year-old daughter back in, I don't know, 2001 or two. She wanted to be a rodeo queen. And uh, when she was real little, we had taken her to a rodeo and we first moved here in the 90s. and. She came home and said, Dad, I want to be that girl that rides the horse in the sparkly shirt. And I said, well, we'll figure that out. And so then when she was like 12, she was this kid that couldn't stand in front of the fifth grade class and give a book report. And then after about four years in our local program, you know, try to sit her down and shut her up. And that's not going to happen. And so she went from there. She went on to become rooftop rodeo queen. Um, three or four years later, uh, she was Miss Rodeo Colorado. So she took a year off from college doing that, and she came out to Vegas and competed for Miss Rodeo America. So that's how I got into it. I've been a I've been a rock climber my entire adult life, and it always amazes me how the contestants and rock climbers have a lot in common. You know, a lot of them drive to the next event together. You know, they kind of live hand to mouth when they have to, um, but they're always helping each other. You know, even though you're competing, you're helping each other, and that's what drew me to the sport. Um, and then when I got involved with the, uh, with, you know, the, the board side of, of the rooftop, um, it was kind of our way, our family way of thinking back the rooftop rodeo for everything you did for my kids. My son was in a, what they called a Wrangler program for about four years too. So, uh, it's just a huge family event. Um, and that's what attracts a lot of people to the sport of rodeo, I believe. And then on the Western lifestyle part of it, you know, a lot of things I just brought up, you know, riding, rock climbing and so forth. There's just a value I think more and more people are craving right now, um, especially people. I mean, I, I had clients come out years ago from Connecticut. They'd never been, you know, this side of the Mississippi, I don't think. And they were just blown away by the rodeo. So it's just it's just fun to have people experience for the first time. Yeah, that, yeah that's that awesome. awesome. Yeah. You know that the rock climbing and kind of the rodeo cowboy deal, um, and you can say committees as well. It's interesting because it's such an individual sport that when you see somebody high up there, there's admiration to, oh man, I want to do that or I want to be there. But the preparation that it takes, you know, I mean, if you're a contestant or if you're a committee and all that hard work, 
when you're on top, everybody wants to be there, but seldom people yeah. want to strap on the boots or spurs or chalk bag or whatever it is that you're doing and risk all that goes up there. So, I mean, with, yeah. with high risk, there's high reward, but also, man, you slip, you're falling. Well, and yet that's a great analogy. And, and I've got a, um, uh, a, you know, like a framed photo in my office and it's that saying the man on top of the world didn't fall there. And, um, you know, that's, that's the honest to God truth. Everybody had to climb to get up to wherever they have to rest today. And, and, uh, I think people tend to forget that a little bit, but that's the cool thing about, you know, watching a lot of these younger contestants come up and then turn into something really big time. And I remember, you know, Taos Muncy and some of those other folks, Cody, o, all those guys came through here at one point and, uh, you know, they were a car full of six people or a pickup or whatever, and, you know, look at them today. You know, even we had Trevor up here a couple of times. We never had him up here before, but after surveys came and we raised our money, um, you know, he came a couple of times and uh, well, that was just an incredible thing too. I used to joke with people since we have so many first time rodeo people in our crowd that, you know, they don't really know if it's Trevor Brazil or, you know, some circuit cowboy that just started a week ago. Well, come to find out they do. Uh, when we announced he was going to be here like on a Thursday night, I had so many calls from sponsors for extra tickets. It was just crazy. So uh, it does make a difference. The other thing too, and for those that, I mean, I know Steve Riley probably been down there, but when you go up in Colorado in the summertime, you don't deal with like mosquitoes. Like if you were to go down towards like the Midwest area and things like that, like it's just, it's yeah. all, I mean, that, Steve, you live in this world. Well, I, and I grew up in Iowa. Um, and I know all about mosquitoes and humidity and 100 degree heat and 95% humidity and all that. Uh, and then I remember the first night we moved out here in 95 and we were watching the Denver TV station and they said relative humidity was 8%. My wife goes, how can you even measure 8%? You know, we don't, we've never in 25 years of living here, we've never had a house with air conditioning. And we leave our doors open all the time. I, I built a house about 20 years ago and the contractor says, well, you want to put in a security system. And so I never locked my door. So it probably wouldn't make any sense to do that. You know, that's just kind of the way we live. Yeah, that's it. That's an amazing area. You know, the other thing it's also known for, right. I mean, for all those horror movie fans out there is the Stanley hotel, correct? I mean, does that ever <laughs> yeah. play out in you guys with Jack Nicholson and the shining or anything like that? Trust me, the Stanley does a great job of keeping that mythology alive They're They've been a good sponsor of ours for a long time. In fact, F.O. Stanley, the guy that started it back in 1905, he's the one that actually donated hundreds of acres to the town of Essex Park for a buck, uh, which is where our arena sits at. And, um, you know, he, the, the, the caveat was it had to stay equestrian. So that's how we got started there. But, yeah, going back to the hotel, I don't know if you ever heard the story about, you know, how he even Stephen King came up with it. Um, he had written a few books. The movie Carrie came out. And he had, you know, success, but he didn't have um, an idea for a new book. And he was living in Boulder. So his wife said, just get lost in the mountains for a week. So he drove around, stopped at the Stanley. And within two days, he had this vision of, of it being a haunted house or a haunted hotel. And that's how it got started. You know, they do a great job of, uh, of keeping that going. I don't know if you guys remember, late 90s, I think it was, Stephen King actually came back out here and redid the movie for TV. Uh, it was a six, like a six hour, three night redo of it. And it was a lot truer to the book. If you read the, the book, it was 
there was always this question of was the house haunted or was Jack Nicholson's character just an alcoholic having these, you know, <laughs> visions and stuff. And then the, the movie really did a good job of depicting that. But um, here's another fun little tidbit about the Stanley. Um, about four or five years ago, they wanted to become a five-star hotel. And they did research and found out that every five-star hotel has got an incredible bar. And so their bar today has over 1,200 bottles on it, which is just incredible. I've got some great book ideas myself. I might have to come up there and try to write one. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It sounds like you need to come up. <laughs> yeah, I'm not coming until February, though. So, <laughs> Well, there you go. Uh, we'll, we'll find things to do. I indicated earlier we've got four or five million visitors every year for Rocky Mountain National Park. Um, but we're really only a town of 6,000 people. So, yeah. you know, between late October to April, you know, we kind of own this place. And it's pretty cool to have Rocky Mountain National Park two miles out your back door. Mark, this was awesome, man. I uh, thank you for coming on. I'm glad you had a successful rodeo. And, um, you know, things seem to be looking on the up and up for the rodeo business and, well, the whole universe for that matter. And we really appreciate you. Yeah, taking, absolutely. You know, yeah. It's, it's a great it's a great industry to be involved with and um and we're, we're just happy to do it and i i really appreciate you folks taking some time to talk to us about it because anytime we can talk about the rooftop i'm all in so yeah well thank you sir god bless man yeah when you make it to uh colorado give us a call uh most i'll take you to the stanley and buy you something brown <laughs> yeah <laughs> man well, thank you, Mark. That's awesome. Yeah, great. Thanks for your time, Mark. You bet. Thank you, folks. All right, Desperados, last call. I haven't been this excited for 21 since I myself was 20. <laughs> because all of this just... It, it is last call. The only problem is we're sober. <laughs> exactly. Let's do this. All right. I'm sweating like I'm in a tropical place, mm -hmm. so I might as well have a tropical drink. Let's try tropical sangria. You mess with the bull, you get the horns. Here's to it. Ooh. Why didn't we wear bathing suits for this segment? <clears throat> well, you know how I said I don't drink out of straws? Uh-huh. This is a drink out of your straw drink. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's you get the Malibu and the pineapple right so in there are, are you in bathing suit shape oh yeah you are yeah right. don't let don't let this i don't have a dad bod i'm father figure okay? you don't no wait wait hold on that's a double entendre do you have a dad bod or are you a father figure are you a, a figure, figure of a father or a father figure however you want to take it all right um <clears throat> so that that libation makes you feel good mm -hmm. it's kind of hard not to smile mm -hmm. okay you laugh, you lose. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're going to go there right now. Okay. Rapid fire, though. You or me? Right? Yep. I'm afraid for the calendar. Its days are numbered. <laughs> How are you going to laugh on the first one? What's... <laughs> Is that the tri-tip sandwich? Take a sip. I didn't laugh. Yes. <laughs> yes, you did. I have allergies. <laughs> Is that it? This high desert. I'm allergic to hangovers. This altitude? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> what does a bee use to brush its hair? I don't know. Honeycomb. What do you call a fish wearing a bow tie? 
sophisticated. So I, I did that wrong. It's sophisticated. Drink up. Okay. All right. You might as well hold that glass. How do you take, how do you make a tissue dance? I don't know. You put a little boogie in it. Huh? Dean gave me the point on that one. So, if April showers bring May flowers, then what do May flowers bring? I don't know. Pilgrims. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the point I just won, I gave right back. That was good. Why did the math book, <clears throat> why did the math book look so sad? I don't know. Because of all its problems. That hit close to home, didn't it? Why couldn't the bicycle stand up by itself? I don't know. It was too tired. You're better than that. I know, I'm sorry. I mean, as a human. No, I, I, I get it, I get it. You're better than that. I'm sorry. All right. Move along. What do you call cheese that is not yours? I don't know. Nacho cheese. <sighs> oh, that's a goodie. That's a goodie. Why can't a nose be 12 inches long? Because then it would be a foot. <laughs> oh, oh, God. A <laughs> foot. You know, 12 inches. Does anybody have a defibrillator? Oh my God. Oh. I don't know if I'm gonna make it. Oh, I think we have one more. I think there's one more. I'm scared. <laughs> what shoes? Do what? Then? What was that? Can you do it again, please? <sighs> what kind of shoes do ninjas wear? I don't know. Sneakers. <laughs> I was gonna say kicks. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm embarrassing my family. What does a lemon say when it answers the phone? <laughs> Yellow. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, seriously, the defibrillator. Like it would help any moment now. Tropical sangria, thank you. <laughs> Take me to an island, quickly. And that's last call. We gotta get out of here. See you guys. We wanna give a big thank you to Mark Purdy for hanging out with us on NFR Extra. Want to experience more of NFR? Then visit nfrexperience.com. And we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've heard on NFR Extra, we would love it if you gave us a big five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe. NFR Extra. All dirt. All rodeo. All year. Gotta make it out to Vegas. Big boys round with the rovers and the racers and the bulls and the browns and the ladies in the skin tight wrangers and the cowboy hat.